Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Uh, my name is Wags, and with me, as always, is Dane. Dane, how you doing? I'm so excited for training camp to get underway, man. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what we'll be talking about here in the main part of the pod in a couple of minutes. But uh, first, wanted to just give a, a little bit of a background on on what we're doing in uh, these um, training camp preview episodes. But also just uh, for, for those of you that are new to the pod and uh, gearing up for the season and uh, decided to get your Packer fix with us, first of all, thank you very much for choosing to listen and we definitely appreciate having you on board. Um, but secondly, just wanted to give a, a little bit of an idea of, of what we're all about. So Dane, um, I, I think it, the gist of it is, is we're just a couple of regular guys fans of the team we're not pretending to be uh media or you know have some type of ulterior motive right yeah i mean and don't shortchange us we're also owners of the team which makes us pretty darn unique uh but really yes we're just fans we've been lifelong fans of the green bay packers we love our green bay packers we love them when they do well we love them when they have uh difficult games but we like to talk through it we think that it's cathartic for everybody uh, when we're able to talk about it. And it's been a lot of fun. Uh, last year's, the record wasn't necessarily fun, but going into this year, I know we're really optimistic. And um, we've had a chance to interview a couple of the guys that are currently on the roster, which is uh, really fun. So if you haven't heard those, go back and listen. Uh, but we also like to talk about the team. Uh, so in the coming weeks, we're going to be doing a positional breakdowns and uh, we'll be heading to training camp and we just do everything we can uh, to, to give our opinion of the team, uh, talk through what's going on on the roster, on the field and everything in between. Absolutely. And, and we like to talk about the whole team. Uh, I think Dane just mentioned it, but there are other Packer radio shows or pods that really just focus on the main storylines and, and we love those too. So we're not trying to, you know, be, um, you know, better than anyone else or it, it's all good. It's all Packers uh, information. And, and so um, it, that's not what we're trying to do, but we're just really trying to give a fan voice, your voice and um, look at everything about the whole team and the whole organization. And I think for those of you that have been with us for a while, um, you realize that we'll get into the weeds on, you know, what's going on in the front office or what's going on, you know, with the coaching staff or, you know, we're not going to really touch on some of the, you know, uh, shenanigans or, uh, you know, hype storylines off the field. That's We're not really here to try to, you know, just uh, get a quick rating. We're, we we want to focus on the things that we think are important for the organization long term. So um, you've come to the right place if you want to get that detail. Heading into the season, we did get about half the season last year, um, and uh, we do a uh, uh, a breakdown of the game every week. Um, so I, I anticipate that we'll continue doing that this year. Um, and I don't know, as time allows, we do have regular lives and, and work schedules. Um, so as time allows, if there's other uh, topics or other uh, pods that we're able to fit in in between, we'll, we'll definitely try to get that out for you. But uh, for the most part, you can expect to hear from us at least once a week during the season. And, and uh, probably it's been 
a little bit sporadic, but in bunches here in the offseason as we've come up to the draft and, and now here leading up to training camp. Yeah, so listen, if you enjoy the podcast, tell your friends, uh, download us, uh, share stuff on social media. If you have questions, you can always reach out to us. Um, we're really trying to be active on Instagram at Lombardi's Legends, on on Facebook at Lombardi's Legends, Twitter at Lombardi's Legends. So just find us, um, tune in, and, and uh, you know, talk with us because we love interacting with folks. It's always fun uh, to do that. Uh, tell us your opinions on things. Uh, we love to go back and forth, and uh, you know, at the end of the day. We're all Green Bay Packer fans. We're one big cheesehead family here, and we love our listeners. So thank you so much. And going into training camp, I just got to say, there's something in the air. Isn't there, Wags? There's something in the air. It changes a foot, and I think it's a good thing. This is going to be a refresh button, and it's not going to be a reboot. It's not a rebuild. It's just a refresh, and I, I think I really like the talent that we have on this roster, especially you know on both sides of the ball, but it's the young talent that we have on the defensive side of the ball, and we'll be getting into that more, is something that we haven't seen in quite a few years. Um, and so it's going to be exciting, I think, to see that, see that growth, that um, potential play itself out on the field. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. We're going to have some big competitions here in camp, and that's what we're really going to talk about. So that leads me, us into kind of the, uh, just a, the final item before we get into the, the episodes, which is uh, these positional previews are going to focus mostly on uh, the guys that we expect to be in a battle and who's going to be kind of on that line. Um, some guys we feel pretty confident will be on the roster, but they're not assured. And, and then there's others that are definitely going to have to earn a spot on the roster. So we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams um, in these positional previews. Uh, we'll certainly give them some love, but uh, we want to really focus on uh, the spots uh, at each position group that there's going to be battles in camp and what to be looking out for. That's right. And these teams, Super Bowl winning teams and teams that are competitive going to the Super Bowl have incredible competition in training camp. Uh, all NFL rosters have competition, but the really, really great teams, the teams that are special, uh, whether they're in Green Bay or otherwise, are always the ones that have real competition in camp. And I'm telling you what, this year in Green Bay, there's gonna be a ton of competition. Not only is there new coaching staff, but I, I would argue that a number of these roster spots are already pretty much confirmed on this team. There's a lot of guys here that have done a lot of great work for the Packers over the years, or young guys that are coming in with really good college pedigrees. So we're gonna see up and down the roster a lot of fighting for these precious last few roster spots. But the Green Bay Packers historically have always had one or two guys that are undrafted that make the team and one or two guys that have come in that are fresh that uh, either make the practice squad or make the team. And I'm expecting to see a couple guys show up in camp and show up in the preseason that maybe aren't on the front page of the newspaper yet, but they will be by the end of August. And it's going to be really fun to see those position groups that there's 
those huge battles because maybe multiple guys step up and they force the team to carry an extra offensive lineman yep. or an extra cornerback uh, that they weren't necessarily expecting. But if those guys show that they have some versatility and there's enough guys covering uh, their special teams needs, that will be something else to be looking out for. Maybe they can go shorter than expected at one position group because they can't lose one of these guys at another group. Um, and you can always go out on the street in some positions and pick someone up as there's injuries and or make a trade or whatever you need to do throughout the season. Uh, so it will definitely be something uh, that will be um, on the table for sure. It's never a locked-in number at every position. It's, it's about the guys that earn their way onto the roster, and we don't need to tell you. Guys, we don't, guys and girls, we don't need to tell you uh, how important number 53 is on the roster. Uh, just go back to the NFC Championship game a few years ago. I, w I won't name names, but it's definitely um, can come into play in the best and the worst of ways. So uh, it's going to be very, very important that, um, that we get the right guys on this team. And then hopefully we stay reasonably healthy and, and, and can have some success moving forward. 100%. It's a, and it's a violent game. And they expanded the, the practice squad to 10 players a couple seasons ago. And it, the, the hardcore fans out there that watch the Packers week in and week out and follow the news cycle that surrounds the Green Bay Packers know that out of camp, you get your 53, you've got that 10-man roster on the, on the practice squad, but there's a good chance half of those guys, if not more, that start the season on the practice squad, find their way onto the regular season roster at some point uh, it, during the season uh, due to injury or due to um, impressive performance uh, throughout the year or otherwise. So these guys matter and every single one of these guys in camp are going to be pushing each other to make this final 53 or to make this 10-person uh, practice squad um, to make the Green Bay Packers as talented and successful as possible in the 2019-2020 season. Great. So thank you so much for listening and joining us. Um, and definitely follow us, like Dane said, on, on social. Um, we love to hear from you. And um, go ahead and uh, sit back and, and listen to these positional previews. And we'll look forward to seeing you up in camp in a few weeks. It's coming fast. So fast. Yep. go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Counts in horseshoes and hand grenades There ain't no second place in a Lambo It's a whole new game You either go big, go hard, or go on back home You got to feel it in your gut You better want it in your bones Cause you're So Dane, today we are going to look at the running back position and this is always a lot of fun isn't it especially with some of the uh, young guys that we have uh, coming back and and also coming in and joining the team so let's just dive right into it shall we um, Dane why don't you go ahead and just uh, highlight uh, the guys that we have at the running back position and and then uh, let's uh, um, just go from there well Wegs, there's been a lot of talk 
this offseason with the new coaching staff uh, about the um, want to run the ball a little bit more, maybe take a little bit of pressure off of, off of number 12. And um, I really believe that the Packers have um, the right mindset um, to, to do that. And I also, with the, with the offensive line, I think that these, we have the, the right offensive linemen to do it, but we also have a really talented group of, of running backs. Um, I think the one that folks are probably most excited to see blossom even more is Aaron Jones. Um, last year, big complaint of the uh, fan base is that uh, the, the former coaching staff maybe didn't um, use him to the best of his abilities. So I'm really excited to see what Aaron can do going uh, into this season, especially as you and I've talked about in the past, that dude is uh, getting really fit, right? He's dropped a ton of weight. Uh, it sounds like or he's get, if he hasn't dropped weight, he's gained muscle. And he's, he seems to be really committed to the team right now, really committed to his physical fitness. And I think that he um, can just be an absolute monster behind our offensive line. Yeah, I definitely agree. I don't know that he's going to be someone that they're going to want to give a lot more carries than what he was getting last year. And part of that is got to keep him fresh. So he's in great shape, which was a mandate that um, Goody really challenged uh, for Aaron Jones in the offseason. And it seems like he's definitely stepped up to the plate uh, because staying healthy is a huge key for him. Uh, but um, I do think that we could see him get more involved in the passing game. Mm -hmm. uh, that is something that Coach LaFleur has stressed is going to be an important element of this offense, is getting those running backs involved in the pass game uh, with a higher degree of frequency. And that's music to my ears, Dane, because there's a lot of checkdowns and designed screen passes um, and, you know, a little um, dump-offs into the backfield that are designed to keep the defense off balance or that might be the best of what they're giving you. And you can get some nice chunk yardage on those types of plays. Uh, and um, anything that gets Aaron Jones onto the field a little bit more in passing situations. Uh, listen, Jamal Williams is a great pass blocker as a running back. Um, and, and we'll talk about him some more. I like him a lot. But I would like to see Aaron Jones out on the field on more passing situations to be able to utilize him as a weapon in the open field. And so I think that's where we could see him get a few more touches this season. Yeah, and I think Aaron Jones, the, the thing that he brings to this team out of this position is he's absolutely electric. There, he's, one of the, he's the home run threat. He's the guy who you put the ball in his hands in the right position, you put the ball in his hands on a well-designed screen pass, see you later. The guy's gone. So I think that that's where a lot of the excitement comes in, but I would agree. Um, I'm a big fan of Jamal Williams as well. I think that he's a hell of a pass blocker. He's uh, not afraid of contact. I really like what he's doing behind the, or between the tackles um, in, in past seasons. He's gritty. He works hard. He's the kind of guy whose his legs just kind of keep moving after first contact. And um, Wags, I'm going to go out on a limb here and, and there has been some talk of um, uh, the ball getting passed a little bit more and thrown to these running backs out of the backfield. Is there any chance in this offense, in Coach LaFleur's offense, that we see both Aaron Jones 
and Jamal Williams in the backfield at the same time? Absolutely. I think they'd be crazy not to. Uh, they need to get those guys on the field as much as possible. Um, and that's going to give some different looks to the defense. And that's where we can get some of that versatility. Uh, so perhaps both of them are out there and uh, Williams is the de facto uh, protection guy. But they can also be sneaky with that, too, where they might be expecting, teams might be expecting or game planning Williams to be the protection guy and um, covering uh, Jones out of the backfield. And he's kind of their, their read. But it's actually Williams that might be sneaking out and getting a screen pass because he can make some uh, guys miss. He can break some tackles. Uh, and so he's uh, someone that can make some plays in the pass game in his own right. In fact... Uh, I think to this point in their careers, he's shown more as a pass catcher and on, certainly on pass downs in general um, that, than Jones has. And, and that part of that could be because he is such a good pass blocker. Uh, but I think that's a skill that we definitely need to keep taking advantage of and get him as involved as we can in, in those situations as well. Um, folks, I know no one really goes and pays all that much attention to pass blocking uh, for running backs. It's important. It keeps number 12 upright. Uh, if you want to have some fun, go just YouTube Jamal Williams pass blocking. Mm -hmm. uh, he can lay some smack on guys uh, that are coming up uh, the middle, you know, they, it just stonewall these big D linemen. Uh, and it's just impressive and a sight to behold. So uh, I don't want to undervalue that at all. And, and uh, it's, it's definitely fun to go, if you want to go get kind of uh, down a rabbit hole, go watch Jamal Williams doing some, uh, some pass blocking. It's, it's fun to see he just cracks the pads and knocks guys back. So, um, so anyway, I think suffice it to say, Dane, uh, those two are our locks at the running back yes, position. Yes, I would agree. Um, do you see any other stone-cold locks at the running back position? Um, or are we in the, the group now where maybe we have another guy or two that we definitely expect to make the roster, but are not a for-sure lock to do so? Yeah, so I'll tell you what, I think um, – a lot of Packer fans, myself included, were very excited by the Packers drafting Dexter Williams out of Notre Dame. So another guy with the last name Williams uh, in the running back group. Um, actually, pretty similar size, I would say, although they don't run the same, uh, that being Jamal Williams and Dexter Williams. Uh, but uh, Dexter is uh, about 5'11", maybe 6 foot. Uh, listed on the Packers website at least at 212. I would say he played maybe a little lighter at Notre Dame. Uh, we had the uh, benefit of watching him a little bit just through, you know, Notre Dame has a national television contract, so you'd see him play ball a little bit. Um, but excited to see what he can do um, because he has a really good uh, cutting ability. And I think in this LeFleur offense, um, he is able to um, adjust and, and make cuts really, really quick. Um, I think that um, he, he can see a lane really well as well. And that's something, you know, coming in as a rookie, I think that the, the college game to the NFL game can translate pretty well. He's got that, that strength. He's got that body again, um, similar to Jamal Williams in that, although I don't know if he has a lot of experience 
pass blocking. He definitely has all the tools there uh, to be able to um, stick his nose in there and, and hit a blitzing linebacker, hit a blitzing safety. Um, now, he doesn't have um, a lot of career receptions. I, I, I was looking at his stats, and I believe he had about 22 career receptions at Notre Dame um, with a little bit of a, a um, I don't want to say he got in a habit of drops, but he had a couple drops here and there. Um, but that's all stuff that I think can be coached up. Uh, overall, I think he's actually a very well-rounded running back. Didn't take a ton of hits at Notre Dame. They mixed their running backs in during his time there. Uh, but I'm really excited to see what he can do in camp. And I think if he shows the upside that we expect him to, he's a darn near lock to make the team. Now, again, he's going to have to fight for that job, but they like what they got out of him and they have no reason not to. He's a guy that they can coach. He's a guy that they can mold. He's a smart kid and having gone to Notre Dame, he's going to be a football player for the Packers. I agree. I would be pretty surprised if he's not on this this roster. Um, they drafted him for a reason. They need um, guys to step up and they need some additional um, you know, players to take some carries. And, and uh, frankly, they're going to need some guys to probably take more than a few carries at some point during the season. Um, so uh, he's someone, I think the key that you said there at the end, Dane, was he needs to fight and earn his spot. Mm -hmm. So what I'm really going to be excited to see for Dexter Williams is in the reps that he gets, um, he should get a lot of carries and exposure in the preseason uh, because they're going to want to be keeping Jones pretty fresh. Um, and they need to see what they have be behind uh, Jones and, and uh, Jamal Williams. So I would expect this kid to come in and get a lot of looks. And I want to see him lock down this spot and be someone that we can rely on uh, so that if, if it's not a close game in the fourth quarter, he can come in and, and take a series or two uh, just to lighten the load and, and keep um, those other two guys fresh uh, during that long 16-game season. So um, he needs to be able to show that he can hold on to the football no fumbles, um, and also that he can pick up the playbook and that you know he can make the right reads and, like you said, cuts. He's not the fastest guy, but he has a, a propensity to break tackles. Um, he can make guys miss. Uh, he's pretty shifty for his size. Mm -hmm. He averaged over six yards a carry in his senior campaign. So, um, And he has a nose for the end zone. So I, I don't like to say that certain players can get – um, shoehorned into that short yardage uh, running back or, or what have you because uh, then those are the situations you really have to show that you have good ball security. Um, so I don't know if as a rookie he's someone that you're going to trust necessarily in those situations because they're so key that you get those first downs or get across the goal line. But he's got an opportunity, I think, to earn that type of role um, where he can get some carries in those situations in certain sub packages. And the good news is, with that is that he didn't have much of history whatsoever of fumbling the ball at Notre Dame. I think he had one career fumble. So, you know, he's a guy who he's got he's got strong hands. He's got he's got that that good posture. Um, and that's exciting, too, because is there anything more frustrating than a guy putting the ball on the ground in a key situation? No. And but he's also a rookie. Mm -hmm. It's a new ball. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so he's got to make sure that he's got that focus and that he is, uh, you know, 100 percent in line and attuned to what he's doing out on the field at all times. Uh, that's. 
the biggest thing. I would rather a running back drop for um, a, a yard or two less and hold on to the ball uh, than, you know, it's always fun to see them really turning the feet for that extra yard. Mm -hmm. But if the ball pops out because they don't go down, uh, it's oftentimes, it's, well, let's just say it's not worth the extra effort in the long run. So, um, and you're more susceptible to injury than in those situations with the offensive linemen getting their knees chopped off. So just got to be smart and understand what what you're trying to do and what your role is in the offense, uh, give the defense a different look, and hopefully be someone that you can rely on uh, to make a contribution uh, over the course of the season. I, so, absolutely, Wags. Now, can we just say it? Uh, transitioning as we're talking about this running back group, um, and we'll talk about the, the rest of the guys on the roster, but it's really exciting to say this. The fullback position is alive and well in Green Bay uh, right now with this offense. Um, LaFleur is, is running this offense similar to the Shanahan offense. It comes from that tree. Um, some really successful fullbacks coming out of that program. And I am fired up by our, our late season addition last year in Danny Vitale. He was the fullback from North, uh, he's out of Northwestern. Played a couple years uh, for the Cleveland Browns, um, but heck, in, in college, he caught 135 passes for 1,427 yards uh, in four years with the Northwestern Wildcats. It's, it's remarkable. Uh, in Cleveland, he um, was actually listed on the Pro Bowl roster uh, as a special teams guy, uh, Sean Menenga, now special teams guy. He was he was his coach out there. Now his special the special teams coach in Green Bay. I gotta tell you, I think Danny has a really good opportunity to make this roster as a fullback. I think this Packers team is going to keep a fullback, and I think that Danny Vitelli is absolutely the right guy. Um, he's he's nasty. He plays special teams. He's what you call a four core player. Um, I'm just um, through the moon excited, not only about what he can contribute on special teams, but what he can do between the lines on Sundays for this Green Bay Packer offense. I agree. I think special teams is the difference maker. If you're a fullback and you can't play special teams, I'm sorry, you're just not going to make a roster in the NFL in this day and age, regardless of the scheme. Um, so that's super important. Connection to Coach Menenga. Love that insight, Dane. That's a really good point. Uh, so that's that's something that I think could make a huge difference. You got a special teams coordinator saying, hey, I got to have this guy on the roster. Um, and if he's contributing in those other areas, that's going to definitely be a difference maker for a guy like Danny Vitale. Um, and then finally, uh, although they do like to do a lot of one uh, running back sets in this offense, they're going to shift things around. And, and like, like I said earlier, if, if it's not a close game in the fourth quarter and you just want to send some guys out there to run some power eye formations, mm -hmm. it's nice to have uh, a big fullback like Danny Vitale to go uh, send out there um, and, and plug in there and uh, lead the charge there. Or maybe he comes in early in the game. You know it's going to be a physical battle. He's out there sending a message uh, and knocking some guys uh, on their behinds, and, and we're going to see some um, some – um, wars one up front when you've got a, uh, someone coming out of the backfield and popping some guys and, and, get, and getting some, some big yardage right off the bat. So I, I certainly think there's a, a place for Vitaly on this roster. Uh, the, the biggest question to me 
is I, the reason I wouldn't say he's a, a, a lock. I would say he's more a 50-50, and uh, certainly everyone needs to earn their way onto the roster. But to me, the issue is 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 when it comes to fullbacks, is it's positional. There's some positional scarcity, but um, also at the running back position. I just don't know how many they're going to carry on this roster. Mm-hmm. So is it going to be four? Is it going to be five? Uh, that's going to be the question. And they might come in with the mindset of, well, we want to have a good core of five guys, four running backs, maybe one fullback. doesn't always work out that way. Um, there could be guys at some of these other deeper position groups that just, you know, straight out earn their spot on this roster and outperform uh, one of these running backs. So um, that leads to a couple of the other guys that are definitely going to have to be really stepping up and, and uh, showing that they belong on this tree. And it's, cra- and it's crazy, Wags, that we're talking about this. And you say a couple of the other guys, literally the only two other guys on this roster uh, at this position group, right? And, and uh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, please. so we've got uh, Trey Carson and Malcolm Johnson. And, and, and Malcolm Johnson's listed as a running back. Uh, we were talking before the pod that he's really more of a fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I would say, you know, these, these are guys that, you know, they're going to have um, some reps, uh, particularly in, in, in the first couple of preseason games. And they're going to have to show on special teams. They're going to have to show in pass yard situations. They're going to need to show in practice that they are uh, picking up the scheme and, and can do something that shows they can contribute to this team in a meaningful way over the course of the season. And for a guy like Trey Carson, I think the biggest opportunity is potentially as a receiver out of the backfield. Uh, we talk about Aaron Jones as, as he, I think he's certainly a capable. There's no reason to think that he can't be a solid receiver out of the backfield. He hasn't shown much of it yet. And if there's concern or they want to, you know, more utilize them as a, a runner and they do keep them off the field uh, uh, more frequently on third down, like the previous coaching staff did, then it may not be all Jamal Williams uh, as that receiving running back. Or if Jamal gets hurt, they're going to need someone that's going to come in and can fill that role. So if Trey Carson is someone that can make some um, uh, impressive plays and and show that he can make a contribution in that part of the game, I would say that's his biggest opportunity uh, to potentially find a way onto this roster. Yeah, and and Trey was on the on the team a little bit here last year uh, for the Packers later on in the season. Um, n- not a, a stranger to an NFL roster. He had been on the Bengals for a couple seasons prior. Uh, practice squad his first year, his second season. Had a tough luck hamstring injury, um, but I think showed quite a bit of potential. Anytime a guy can go practice squad and then, you know, um, stick that second year uh, is exciting. I really liked what he did in college. Um, thousand yard rusher for Texas A&M. Um, talented back. Doesn't have a lot of receiving yards um, from the research I've done, but uh, another guy who, who shows on special teams um, and, and really filled in, I thought, here in Green Bay last year. And I, I think that the question that we have then, we talk about him, and then we also talk about Malcolm Johnson. Uh, Malcolm Johnson... Uh, fullback for the Packers, played tight end in college, uh, transitioned to the fullback position. He, he actually 
uh, played uh, for the Cleveland Browns uh, for a couple seasons uh, in Cleveland. He's a guy who uh, played actually 19 games for the Cleveland Browns with six starts over two seasons for Cleveland. So another former Cleveland Brown fullback, um, a guy who, um, you know, I think is not um, not afraid of contact. Again, has a couple of receptions in the NFL, uh, nine receptions. So, so reasonably soft hands for a fullback because how often are you throwing to a fullback out of the backfield? Um, so I think the big question I have isn't um, is is do the Packers keep four guys? And that four would, in my opinion, be uh, Dexter Williams, Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Danny Vitale, or do they keep five with the four guys I just mentioned, and then a Trey Carson as your fourth running back, or a Malcolm uh, a Malcolm Johnson as your second fullback? Um, so, and I think the fullback depends on how many tight ends the Packers keep. So these position groups are very fluid, uh, but I really, really believe that both Trey Carson and Malcolm Johnson each have an opportunity to make this Green Bay Packers roster, but one of them's going to have to be special. Uh, and there's also a chance that neither of them make the team. And that's what makes training camp so fascinating to watch. And that's why I'm so fired up for it to get here. All <laughs> I love it, Dave. This, and and I, I, I would just say, I, I don't see a scenario where both Malcolm Johnson and Danny Vitale are on the team. I, I could certainly be wrong. But I think Malcolm Johnson's path is pretty clear, and it's a little little murkier at the same time. He's got to beat out Danny Vitale, and he's going to have to prove that he's one of the top 53 guys. So he's going to have to show special team versatility. Uh, he's going to have to show um, you know, some um, offensive versatility and in, in, in maybe some of the subgroups and packages that can he line up. Um, more as an H-back um, or even and split out or in a little bit more of a tight end position. He's got some experience, as you mentioned, doing that. Um, so I, it's, it's not a scenario that I think is likely that both Vitale and Johnson uh, make the team, but you never know. Stranger things have happened, mm -hmm. so uh, that could certainly be possible. John Kuhn and Vonta Leach, Wags. It's <laughs> happened in the past. Sure. Uh, anyway, different time, different era. But, um, hey, Dean, I, this is not an uh, episode where we're projecting about uh, free agents or who we could add to the team, but mm -hmm. I have to say, because we really do not have that many running backs on the roster right now, it would, would it surprise you if they pick up another guy to bring in as a, at minimum, a camp body, uh, provide some competition, uh, make sure that uh, these young guys are ready to go, kind of an insurance policy in case of injury? No, I wouldn't be surprised uh, all that much. I'd certainly be surprised if they had another fullback, but I wouldn't be all that surprised um, if um, if they, they find another kid that's out there uh, that's been working out and um, maybe there's an injury early in camp. Heck, maybe they have seen enough of somebody already that um, in one of the uh, different position group um, and, and they decide to make a, a change there. But these training camp rosters, when you've got 90 guys, uh, it can be pretty darn fluid. So they might be looking around still and making a determination in the next um, three weeks or going forward because as we both know, the GM job and the scouts jobs are never really done, are they? Not at all. So would you think that there would be anyone that's out there that you'd be keeping an eye on out for or just kind of 
see how things go, and if there's an injury, maybe that's where they would make a corresponding roster. Move. Yeah, I, I I don't know if there's anybody that really comes to mind. I know that uh, we recently um, cut Capri Bibbs, who had been on the roster, uh, but I, I don't know if there's a, a really a veteran running back out there. Anybody, you know, I think of the well, who's out there right now, like the Chris Ivory, Legarrette Blunts of the world. Um, I don't think that any of those guys really would make sense with this current running back makeup. I think it'd be more likely that maybe you see a smaller school guy that hasn't latched on to a, a team right now, or if maybe another team makes a move early in camp and releases a running back that the uh, coaching staff wants to take a look at. Because mind you, there's not a lot of um, downside whatsoever to adding one of these guys, other than if your roster's already at 90 you're going to have to get rid of somebody else. So uh, it's very fluid this time of year, but wouldn't be surprised necessarily if we see somebody added early in training camp. And depending on how guys perform, wouldn't be surprised at final cutdowns from 90 to 53 if maybe we see an addition at that point too. Uh, but you could probably say that about any position, just depending on how these rosters begin to shake out as we trend towards September. Yeah, so I think just to sum up, uh, the primary... Uh, battles that we should be looking out for with this position group. Um, first of all, not so much a battle because we definitely expect Dexter Williams to be on this roster, but how does he perform? Does he solidify himself as someone that can be reliable and have a role uh, and contribute from day one? Uh, so that's going to be important to see. Uh, and then really, for who's making this roster, it comes down to those last three guys. So we're looking at Malcolm Johnson, Danny Vitale, uh, and then, uh, of course, um, um, I, I'm sorry, Trey, Trey Carson. Yeah. So uh, those three guys, I think, could be battling for one spot on this roster, maybe two. Um, so uh, keep your eye out for what they're doing on the field uh, in camp and then in the preseason games as well. For sure. Uh, just excited to see what these guys can do. I was really excited uh, when Trey was signed last year, and I really did think he had a tough luck injury there in Cincinnati. So in fact, he's getting an opportunity here to show what he can do for the Packers. Um, I, I think that this kid is a sleeper that a lot of fans maybe don't have on their radar other than the ones that were really paying close attention late into the season last year. Uh, but he's a kid who can show flashes and I think that he might surprise people in camp because he's got a really good attitude, seems to be really well liked. And with this new coaching staff, don't be surprised if you see him making some plays and some splash plays um, uh, later in some of these preseason games going forward. All right, very good. So, Dane, do you have any last thoughts here then on the uh, running back position as we wrap this up? No, this is a group of opportunity, Wags. That's where we're at. This is a group of guys that can carry the rock and uh, are going to need to be able to carry the rock to take a little pressure off of number 12 and, and close out some games uh, late in the year. And I fully expect to see a, a, a rotational backs this year with Jamal Williams and with Aaron Jones and with Dexter Williams. I think it's a three-headed monster uh, with some compliments potentially of some of the other guys we've mentioned. I do also think that the Packers may view Danny Vitale as an option as a receiver out of the backfield, and that really helps Ooh. his chances making this team. Interesting. A, a guy who catches the ball as much as he did 
um, uh, in college. I think he's a guy who will surprise people with the, the soft hands that he has. And um, he is, um, if you, the old school Packer fans listening, William Henderson used to catch some balls out of the backfield. Danny Vitale is nothing like him with how he plays the game or not as much like him as he plays the game, but he has very soft hands. He's sneaky out of the backfield. He did it all at Northwestern, and I really think he can do it here in Green Bay too. That is great. It sounds like you're uh, Mr. Vitale's biggest supporter, Dane. Well, so. the guy does jiu-jitsu in the offseason. If I'm not, he might beat us up. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we love him here. So, um, yeah, that's going to be fun to watch. So, anyway, I think that just about does it here for the running back uh, previews. So, uh, thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned. Um, our next episode, will be looking at the receiver group. Um, so deep group. Deep group. Deep be, group. Uh, really fun to deep dive into that <laughs> uh, position group because there's going to be a lot of battles there too. Uh, but uh, stay tuned for that uh, next time. And thanks for listening. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.